Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's January 26th, 1962, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was today in history in 1962 that an artwork called the Zone de Sensibilité Picturale et Materiale by the French artist Yves Klein came to its dramatic conclusion when Klein performed an elaborate ritual by the banks of the River Seine, throwing the gold that he had been paid for the artwork into the river and burning the receipt of ownership that he had given in exchange for the artwork. Or should I say he threw half of the gold that he had been paid into the river, the other half he pocketed? Because, you know, even when you're explicitly satirizing and criticizing capitalism, you still got to make a buck somehow, right? (laughs) Yeah, of the eight zones that Klein ultimately sold, three buyers chose to end it this way with this ritual on the banks of the Seine. This was the first and the recipient was the Italian novelist Dino Bazzati. He did it twice in the following month, one with the artist Claude Pascal and the third with the American screenwriter Michael Blankfort. So those who elected to keep their zones could actually resell them. I know it sounds a bit complicated, but we'll get into it. Klein had like a ledger of transfers of the zones. Keep in mind the zones are nothing. The zones are zones of immateriality, as in nothingness. So, he, <laughs> But he was tracking the ownership of the zones in a ledger. And uh, the art newspapers compared this to NFTs and blockchains. And it is mm. a very similar thing. You know, you, you don't own a physical item. You own a receipt of nothing, essentially. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I suppose on a show like this, we'd eventually get round to... Eve Klein because the art that he did was public spectacle. We like that sort of thing. Um, (laughs) But uh, if you were to cover Eve Klein probably prior to about 2020, I suppose the thing you'd pick as his artwork that everyone remembers, well, it would be either getting women to paint with their boobs, uh, Mm -hmm. where his models became living brushes, as he called it, or it would be his painting of International Klein Blue, which was Mm. him actually copywriting a colour, the blue that he painted with. Which is the best colour in the world, by the way. It Uh, is actually the greatest colour. I've I've got a shade of Pharaoh and Bull blue that I prefer in my office, but if you say so. (laughs) Well, well, uh, Eddie Redmayne would certainly agree with you, Arian, because when he was a student at Trinity College Cambridge, he wrote his History of Art dissertation on International Klein Blue. 30,000 words. It's so good. It's just like any time you see an Eve Klein work in a gallery... It's just the most mesmerizing thing. Even though it was like it was another statement about capitalism sucking, I just think it was a really beautiful color that he created. Just like Ollie when he's standing transfixed in front of Farrow and Bull swatches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, here we are doing the episode that I was just saying we're not doing. So we're not talking about those things because basically of NFTs, right? So as, as Rebecca suggested, kind of like since about 2020, 2021, when you see Eve Klein being mentioned, it's in reference to this artwork, which had been forgotten mm. about for a while. But it is sort of eerily prescient of NFTs and what Beeple and Christie's and the like have done <laughs> since then, selling thin air, essentially. Yeah. Uh, French newspapers at the time reported it as such. Klein sells wind was one of yeah. the headlines. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, he got to it after he had come up with this other relatively bonkers idea for a hovering sculpture, and he never actually implemented this one, but he applied for and received a patent for that idea for an artwork, and then he wrote about it enthusiastically to his uh, usual art dealer, Iris Clert, and she seemed to have mentioned it to one of her other artists' uh, pals, which Klein had explicitly said he didn't want to happen, and this led to a serious argument between Klein and Klerk, and Klein then basically withdrew all his artworks from her gallery, and he told Klerk's assistant to inform anyone interested in buying his work that all his paintings were now invisible, and if the buyer now wanted one, they had to write him a check. And he further went on to specify that the check had to be very visible and very real. But then Klerk started telling this anecdote to people who came into the gallery, and one of them, Peppino Palazzoli, who is an Italian gallerist, he thought that it was rather a good idea and he wanted to buy one. And so trying to patch up this broken relationship, Clerk then went to Klein and said, I've got a sale for you of one of your invisible artworks, but how about we take it a step further and you come up with a proper receipt that can be given. And then basically that morphed into this idea. It sort of fed into Klein's thinking towards this idea of kind of having a receipt, but then you have to get rid of the the receipt and I'll throw away the money and nothing will be left. And it will be this grand statement on kind of ownership and also the total immateriality as he said himself, of everything to do with it. Palazzoli paid for his own with 20 ounces of gold, which is worth about £1,000 today, and he received a receipt that had been designed by Klein to resemble a banker's cheque. But if the purchaser of the zones agreed, and again, he did manage to sell eight, the transaction would build up to this denouement called the ritual that we've described, the one that happened on this day with Dino Bazzati. Klein and the buyer would meet along the Seine with an art critic in present as well. Again, he wasn't dumb. He, he realised that this was a good way to draw attention as well. The buyer would turn over their receipt, their certificate of ownership. Klein threw half the gold into the river. The other half he later used in a series of artworks that used gold leaf. But in doing this ritual, Klein declared, you know, as kind of the inventor of the zones, he would know how the rules of how the zones worked. In doing this, the zone would truly become part of the buyer. But those who chose to keep their receipt of ownership perversely would never truly own it. I mean, like all of his work, it's a thing that it seems to me you sort of get the idea of without having to have had the pain of actually having to be there. I mean, I just feel like (laughs) I appreciate what you're saying about you actually, you know, aesthetically admire the colour blue that he puts in some of his sculptures and his paintings. But generally, like the conceptual art that he has been hugely influential upon is all about having an idea. And then it doesn't really matter whether you're there or not because the idea happened. You know, he did a monotone silence symphony, he called it where a full orchestra plays one note for 20 minutes and then there's silence for 20 minutes. And you yeah. do see people who have been to reprisals of this event saying, oh, it's just, you know, being in the re- being in the concert hall after that note <laughs> stops, the resonance in the air, you just really feel it and it really makes you think about spirituality. It's like, well, maybe, but I can imagine that. And I'm re- I, I'd have to get a babysitter. Do you know what I mean? I'd have to go to London and, and put on a tuxedo. And I'm not doing that for, for you satirizing my life. I don't want that. I, I can get that idea without actually putting the effort in. And I feel like this as well. Like It's interesting, isn't it, that a screenwriter, as you said, was one of the people who, who took part in this artwork. I think the people that admired Yves Klein were also 
creatives or people that were the, making things wanted to be part of it. But I think most people don't want to be part of it. You can you can read that it happened and that's enough. <laughs> I don't know about that. I sort of feel like, you know, I've, I've been at stadiums when there's been a minute's silence and there is something enormously powerful about sure, being... Sure, but then something else happens. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. It is a minute silence rather than, you know, 20 Imagine minutes. Imagine queuing around the block to go and look at an empty gallery. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of funny as a concept. It's not funny when you're there. Okay, well, Michael Blankfort uh, himself described the whole experience of the transaction that day at the Seine when he had uh, his uh, receipt burned in front of him and watched gold being thrown into the river. He said that it was really awe-inspiring. He actually wrote that he'd had no other experience of art equal to the depth of feeling of the sales ceremony. He said it evoked in me a shock of self-recognition and an explosion of awareness of space and time. And I suppose you would want to say that after paying quite say, a lot of money. If you don't feel that way, then you've just done something really stupid. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I can imagine that it must have been a moment and you would have also been gathered with the great and the good of the Parisian art scene and that must no, have been No, but you're with cool him, well. aren't you? That's the thing, you're with Eve Klein. So if you yeah. worship Eve Klein, then you're paying to be with him. In that sense, it's like people having their picture taken with Beyonce for $200, isn't it? It's just that. Exactly. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, I think part of the impact that it had was also also the fact that performance art in the modern sense that we all think of it now was kind of new at the time. It started to emerge in the early 60s, really. And and the Nouveau Realisme movement that Klein had co-founded was one of the driving forces behind it, especially in France. You know, performance art, it's hard to pinpoint exactly who started it. But the idea was that it broke with the rules of traditional performance and drama. You know, it can deviate from scripts, from narratives, and also the relationship between the performer and the audience. Some of the magic, if you like, of performance art for those who enjoy it is that the art is what is emerging from the connection between the audience and the artist in the moment. You know, it's completely unguided. So it had its roots in multiple art movements, probably most of all Dadaism, which was like the anti-art art movement around the early 20th century. And it rejected social conventions and aesthetic standards in favour of spontaneity, chaos, absurdism. And Klein's movement really played into that. He developed it in 1960 with uh, an art critic called Pierre Restigny. Restigny had actually coined the term to describe an exhibition of artwork by Klein and several other artists. And it's often summarised as being a French version of pop art. But mm. the aesthetic of Nouveau Realisme was about, well, Restigny called it a poetic recycling of urban, industrial and advertising reality. So it was you know, taking art and blending it with real world influences. And also... Always with a bit of a sense of humour, you know, part of the fun. I'd be laughing too. <laughs> exactly. Who's the joke on? The, his patrons. That's what's funny oh, about it. Oh, well, he had a response to that criticism. He said, believe me, one is not robbed when one buys such paintings. It is I who am always robbed because I accept the money, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is very funny. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. And so another week of retrospecting ends But next week begins a day early At Club Retrospectors Join us now to get an exclusive episode Every Sunday Patreon.com slash retrospectors Small details are big surfaces Tight corners are odd shapes Flat, rounded, textured or tall Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.